Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Football Neophytes podcast. We are a week after a week break from the international break. We are back. Chris, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. Kyle? What's going on? What up? It is another Sunday night where the Niners are playing Sunday night football. I mean, the nice thing, I could have called this football neophytes, and I think people would have, like, realized what we were talking about more. Could have called it soccer neophytes, right? Probably would have been made more sense to the American audience, but it's football neophytes. So the blessing of that is we can, like, talk a little NFL at the beginnings, especially when the Niners are on. And it uh, looks like they might win tonight, which would be nice. At least nice for Kyle and I. Yeah, actually, You'll hear us if they don't win, right? You'll <laughs> I'm cheering for the uh, Niners tonight because I need anyone above the Cardinals to lose a game. So we're all on the same page. There we go. There we are. But you're rooting against George Kittle because we are currently playing. You're winning by four um, in our fantasy football yeah. league with each of us having one player to go for tomorrow night. So, But the Rams did just score, and it's now a one-possession game. One possession game. They get a two point. No. Oh, it's one possession because their Niners are winning by eight. Yeah, they can. Yep. All right. Well, no one's li- call, uh, listening uh, to hear <laughs> NFL talks. Yeah, no one may be listening, period, but they're not listening uh, to hear our NFL commentary. Um, but guys, the uh, Premier League season, even though we had a week off, uh, does not fail to give us a ton of storylines. Things continue to be crazy. Everton, Aston Villa at the top of the table. Uh, no one would have thought that. Um, couple familiar teams after that, but some some favorites, some favorites of certain uh, hosts of this podcast. Just chilling, chilling kind of mid-table couple of them actually were tied exactly right two wins yeah i think you guys have us on goal differential right now oh no 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 goal no, differential is three three negative three negative three like That's we impressive. are completely we gave up six goals or seven goals the other week yeah you forgot that we lost what did we lose three nil four and four nil to west ham so oh, there's yeah. there's there's a lot of mess for our our teams but 34 okay. matches left, plenty of time. Exactly. I was going to say, if we go into the vaults when we were doing the podcast last year, yeah. this is exactly where we were. We were actually talking about the Wolves in the relegation zone. That's right. And Manchester United at like 16th. So yep. this not is familiar great. territory. I'm not all, all Manchester United needs is another pandemic break to yep. uh, split the season up and then come back and catch fire. There you go. And we'll see tomorrow, Wolves. Wolves v lead, which was one of my matches of the week last week, short-sightedly yep. enough. So now it can be a match of the week again uh, this week. But um, crazy, crazy stuff. And we got to start with the craziest. I mean, there's some pretty hot storylines, I think. But the the biggest one is the Merseyside Derby. Uh, much too early, I think. I don't know if, if Kyle got to ca- catch much of it. I, I woke up. Um, I wasn't going to get up at 4.30. I'll do that for Wolves, but even even such an epic match as Everton-Liverpool, I wasn't going to do it. So I think I turned it on in the 60th minute, which was a good time to turn it on. Um, but but what a mess. What a mess that match was. I I think um, probably 
probably in thir- 35 years. I, some of my earliest member memories, I think, are from like 1985 sporting events. So I think I can go back 35 years of sports watching. And it was one of the most, I've never seen a team be so, um, get so screwed <laughs> in, in one match with such dire, dire consequences. So um, what a mess. Chris, you have thoughts on it? Uh, it, it was a total shit show. Um, I mean, there's, I did not get up for it. I woke up. Usually the first thing I do is kind of check Twitter feeds or text messages or whatever. And Twitter was going crazy about that match. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what happened? And sure enough, what an absolutely insane, um, you know, bad enough that, Virgil van Dyke, one of the best players in the world, tears his ACL. Yeah. Um, but when you couple that with what happened and it, an atrocious challenge by Jordan Pickford in goal, like just, I, I don't know, that stuff is and like. No, it, and no penalty, right? So this is, yeah. this is what makes it crazier, Kyle. So, and Chris, I don't even know if you know the rule on this. And I was writing with my buddy Stu in, in Wolverhampton and, he because said, of the offsides. and he knows it. The he knows like the sport better than almost anyone I know. And he's like, I still don't fully understand. But essentially, like if there's a penalty, if there's an offsides, they they put the flag up, whistle. There's no penalty afterwards. So, I I feel like a guy should test it sometimes. But theoretically, you could punch a guy in the nuts after mm-hmm. an offsides after the whistle's blown. And there's no red card. Yeah, I, you know, you can do the Anthony Martial bitch slap and, you know, you don't get shown the door. But let's, okay, I know you're, you're somehow still bitter about that. And I don't know why don't you're know. still bitter about that because this is way worse than, than it is. this it's is. This I is egregious. Not. Like it ruined, yeah. I mean, it hurt for the season and potentially longer. One of the best players in the world. It's a horrible challenge by Pickford and no penalty and no recourse, right? Like that's what the worst part of it is. Right. And, and just for the record, I am not bitter about the Martial red card. I said on our last pod, it was a hundred percent deserved. You get a red card for that every time. I'm just saying if he had done that after an offsides, he's okay because the play never happened. Um, Yeah. I mean, just, and I watched it over and over again. And like, I don't know, part of just me and like how I, you know, operate or think through things is just like, I try and give everyone the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. And I, and like, and I watch that play and I'm like, well, Pickford's just getting over there to try and make this save. Like it's a Derby, you know, his team's at the top of the table. He's doing whatever he can to help his team. And then you just, you see it from all these angles and it's just so careless and how he goes at it, like almost essentially like scissoring him and they, you know, timing is half of this they meet up almost at the exact same time in the worst position that they possibly could have met up just a, it, it's awful all around and I had no idea about you know the they won't call a penalty if there's an offside so once they deemed him offside it didn't even matter what happened after that it was just um yeah crazy and then I'm also reading stuff even tonight that is um you know the possibility of EPL doing a post-match suspension or implementation of a red card um you know post-match even today or tomorrow so i saw that too but 
I have why no not idea. Have the, why not have the rule in there if they're not going to call it when it happens, right? Exactly. Exactly. And to be and what and I would say like the unfortunate thing is Pickford actually had a really good game. I mean, he made some great yeah. saves, um, but obviously that challenge really overshadowed a lot of it. And then you have the red card from Richarlison at the end of the match. That was ugly. I mean, just I mean it was it was it was a dirty match. And I yeah. think as a, as a newer fan, I don't harbor as much like hatred or animosity towards Liverpool, but as I've like talked with some other people, they're kind of like, yeah, Liverpool has it coming to them a little bit, but as a more <laughs> neutral observer and someone, frankly, I love, I really like Klopp. There's a lot of guys on the team that I like. Um, I'm a bit partial even to Liverpool. I, but as an outside observer, I mean, just, they got screwed so hard. And yeah. then the offsides, right? We haven't even mentioned the offsides as a goal at the end of the match to Liverpool to win. And they call offsides. And I don't, I like literally don't even know who they call offsides because there's three guys standing in a perfect line with Everton players right there. I mean, it is her. I mean, it's just horrible, horrible refereeing. It was in you know the the commentating continues to be my absolute favorite thing um they're so funny like even through the whole review process they're like nope he's on side look at him he's standing there he's on side it's totally fine he's in a line and then they keep adding like the var lines to like shadow in things and different color lines and they're like oh look they're adding another line to figure out that he's on side and that he's fine and then they're like no goal he's offside and they're wait what how is that even possible? What What is wrong with this? Like, oh man, just totally crazy. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is now, we're into our second season of of VAR, VAR being a mess. And I mean, we made it through the first couple of weeks without a lot of uh, controversy over it. And it just seems to be coming back. And those type of decisions are the ones that they're so close. I mean, it's seems yes. ridiculous. It's interesting coming in, you know, really paying attention this year um, because what, whether it was via Twitter or what have you, I had thought that there was a lot of controversy around VAR. I had heard people complain about it, um, you know, and obviously watching American sports a lot. I know that replay can be, uh, you know, really controversial, even if we're supposed, it's supposed to get it right. But the first few weeks of watching the EPL, it, it seemed as if, you know, I kind of had forgotten about the controversy and it seemed as if um, I almost asked you guys one of these weeks, whether or not VAR was taking any part of the human element or if it was taking too much of the human element out of it, because it seemed to be perfect. There was no controversy. It seemed to, you know, reverse decisions that were close, but had that human referee element. And I wondered whether that, whether or not that affected the game. And then to hear you guys talk this week, it's completely different. Um, and so that it's just really interesting to, to kind of see the, the bad side of it um, after a few weeks of it being almost like a robotic um, experience. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, last, last, it does seem to be better this year, but all, I mean, again, all it takes is one call like this in arguably the biggest match of the season thus far um, I, a, a call that overturns and, uh, and changes the entire, uh, 
you know, scoreline of the game and the, the conclusion of the game, you know, it just takes one of these to, to bring it to the forefront of game, which is unfortunate, which is totally unfortunate. So. Um, yeah, and I saw you take the good with the bad, obviously the Liverpool side of it is, is the bad, but there were a couple instances this week in two different matches in the man United match. And then in the full match, where VAR got involved, but they left the decision up to the on-field referee, called the on-field referee over and said, it's your decision. Here's the play. We'll replay it for you. You make the call. And in both of those instances, they called penalty kicks for the teams. Um, oh, they that did. Happened. That was the one where I think Bruno, Bruno Fernandez, he, he, had, a, he had a penalty kick, didn't he, Chris? If I, is that yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Mr. Mr. Automatic, right? Yeah, I'm sure he made it. We don't need to talk about we it. We don't need to talk we about don't it. Need to talk about it. Actually, we can talk about it because it doesn't matter. Uh, it mattered yes. at the time, though. It was... did. What was amazing? The goalie makes a great. It's a great save. save. It's a great you save. You know, it, it sucks when like when any when the goalie makes a great save, they don't call it a like goal save. It's a missed PK for the guy who kicked it, and so That's like. Right. Oh, Bruno missed a PK. It's like, well, no, it was going in, but the goalkeeper made a phenomenal save to save the day. Um, you know, we 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 throw the criticism onto the player instead of praising the goalie in totally. those instances. But yeah, no, the goalie just makes a great save on Bruno. But you know, maybe ten minutes later, Bruno comes down and puts in just an absolutely beautiful goal on his own. Totally. Um, but you anyway, were talking about VAR. I interrupted. Yeah, but going back to VAR, I, I like it when they pull in the ref and say, hey, you've been refing this match. You're on the field. You're down there. You hear the guys. You know what's going on. Take a look, you know, yeah. and make make the decision because you can't see everything as a ref. That's just the, the bottom line. So those are the instances that I like. When you go to, you know, the Liverpool game and you have 16 different lines with different colors and you're trying to figure out if someone might be a millimeter off or if a guy's armpit is just a little bit further than you know a guy's ankle because they don't care if your arm's over because you can't score with your arm it's not a scoring limb and so you can you can stick your arm over but if your armpit crosses then you're offside that's the stuff that i just can't get behind that's a mess and unfortunately, that's not the only controversy this weekend. Um, I don't know if you guys saw what happened with with Serge Aguero. Um, there's a female female line line judge, Massey Ellis. Um, she she makes a call that he doesn't agree with, um, and he kind of puts his arm on her shoulder and kind of pulls her back. So he makes contact with her, but definitely, I mean, it's just in a it's inappropriate in general but but it does bring into question like does he do it because she's a woman right um i doubt he does that to a a male referee right and so that's that's the controversy here is he grabs this woman by the shoulder and kind of pulls her back and she shugs him off and it's like get away from me you know yeah i i actually i didn't see the play that led up to that but obviously i saw the highlights and the replay of him grabbing her or you know putting his arm on her and kind of pulling her shoulder back um so i don't even know what caused it it was just you if you see that clip on its own with nothing to give you any sort of context you're like what the hell is that it's like angry so, boyfriend grab right he might as well have just grabbed her by the arm and like pulled her you know like i mean it was yeah. 
I, I imagine we're going to see more and more female, you know, referees in the sport, which is great. And I think we could see more of this type of attitude and it'll be interesting to see if they change the rules at all and somehow make something more enforceable there. Yeah. At the same time, you can kind of be proud in 2020 of where we're at as a society. You know, if it feels like five years ago or so, we would have been like, well, she's a woman. Why, what does she expect being out there? Yeah. So, uh, There's probably people saying team. that still. Yeah, sadly. Fortunately, sadly. not us. Kyle, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to comment. So it doesn't sound like he got any sort of penalty, yellow or red card for that, nothing. So it's same thinking as, you know, the, the play we talked about earlier where it's not related to what's going on in the, in the game. And so no penalty. <laughs> There is there is a penalty that can be given, but it's got to be apparently like more violent than that and more aggressive. And so I think that's part of like that's part of maybe some of the the rule questioning here is does it need to be changed in general? Um, like clearly, it, it has like misogynistic undertones to it the way he grabbed her and kind of how it was how it was and again i doubt he does it to a male referee or line judge so that's that's i think the that's the controversy there but man city gets the win one nil over arsenal titus was sad but um man city they're they're plugging away um the other match that we need to highlight is today's uh tottenham west ham um tottenham goes up three nil early son my boy sunny as he's as he's known in the uh amazon special with a with a great goal to start off then harry kane with this beauty he nutmegs uh declan rice <laughs> goes right around him and then scores a goal um they go up three nil uh i leave go my boys had uh, flag football games today so i coached a couple or one game today um coach the game pull it up three three there it is west ham came back uh three goals in the final eight minutes to to win and chris i i didn't see it but you sent you sent us that that uh that final goal the game game tying or game drawing <clears throat> goal yeah, uh, Lanzini with the goal of the year for right now. That's for I mean, ran for over five sure. for sure. That's going to be hard to top the stakes. You know, it was three nothing Spurs at the 82nd minute mark. We're coming off of Harry Kane just hitting the post again, all, just missing his hat trick uh, at the 78 minute mark. They score three minutes later, own goal. It's three two all of a sudden. You know, at the 87 minute mark, and then. 92 minutes in this and i don't know if you guys saw any of the extended highlights i thought it was a pretty weak call that set up that goal um it was a pretty soft call that the ref made to give them the free kick from over there yeah i didn't see it it was pretty soft um i would be pretty upset if i were spurs uh but you know it is what it is you still gotta clear it harry it's Harry Kane makes the header to clear it, and then it just kind of strolls out there. And Lanzini from 
you know, 15 feet outside the box with just a laser to the top right corner. It was amazing. What a goal. It was a great goal. Yeah, definitely goal of the year candidate um, for sure. Kyle, you, you watch Chelsea Southampton. Tell us. I did. Yeah, man. Another exciting game. Um, yeah, want, yeah, that's right. If you want goals, it just whatever. Matt, Kyle whatever. Watches, uh, that's right. Follow me to Golapalooza. That's right. Um, yeah. So it was great. You know, um, Chelsea. So I was, you know, kind of especially watching for them and did a little study on that club. Um, they got off to a really quick start. Timo Werner with two quick goals, really, really nice ones. Like if, if that goal that we just talked about wasn't a thing, I think his two would have been candidates for goal of the week. They were for really sure that, se- that second one too, where he like pops it up yes. over the defender and then heads it in. Dude. So nice. So, so nice. Right. And then he had another one, which um, he, it was a long pass to him. He apparently, you know, a term that I didn't know before, it's not my term of the week, but could have been, he dummied it to himself. So uh-huh. he basically let it go by him uh, and the defender. And, oh, that's and right. That was beautiful. The defender wasn't expecting that. And so uh, just a really heads up play. And then he took on three or four other defenders and and struck it for the goal. So that was, um, yeah, exciting start. And then Chelsea uh, just made a bunch of, really bonehead defensive plays to let Southampton back in, um, you know, kind of ending with a 92nd minute goal to, to end in a draw. So I'm sure they're disappointed, but it was an exciting game. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, some thoughts on Chelsea, right. Kind of did some research on them. Uh, I'll hand out my golden boots. So infrastructure, uh, only one golden boot for Chelsea. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like what I see uh, with Frank Lampert. Uh, he just kind of, I, I feel like I have a, a field test when it comes to coaches and he, he just looks like he's not, I know he's a legend right in England, but I, I don't, I think he's, he's not going to be necessarily coaching this team for, for too long. Um, Russian oligarch owner, you know, me don't like yeah. those oligarchs. So one, one golden boot. Um, and also just to add, I mean, I don't know if you're giving half boots, so you could drop this yes. to a half boot or a zero boot. They are also two other interesting things. They're also known, their fans are known as the plastics, like yeah. the most like fake fans. And they're traditionally known as the most racist team and fan fandom. So there's a lot of reasons not to like Chelsea, regardless yeah. of Christian being on the team. <laughs> not great things to be known as. Yeah. So one, one golden boot for culture as well. I'll drop it down uh, to a half, you know, just because of the racism thing as well. Um, I didn't notice any, no racism banners in the stadium, which, um, you know, to that point, I didn't know about that, but now that I'm thinking about it, they're the only team I've seen so far who hasn't kind of made a point of that. So interesting. (laughs) Um, Big strikers, right? So, I'm going to bend the rules here a little bit. I know that, uh, you know, they don't necessarily have any quote unquote traditional big strikers, but everything's bigger in America. And if you got Christian Pulisic, uh, he's big enough for me. Five golden boots 
just for him. There's no reason not to do that for Christian. That's I right. I mean, there's, there, that's one massive reason to be a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he was, he made, you know, he didn't score, but uh, he had an assist um, and just generally, you know, you could tell he's special. So that was fun to watch him. And hockey then lastly, assist. hockey assist. The t- the Did he have a hockey assist? Yeah. <laughs> hockey assist. Okay. They, they don't count the, the premier league, but we counted. Okay. Yeah. They counted with me. I, I gave him credit for it. There you I, go. I, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then kits and sponsors wrote real quick four golden boots for that. I, I got to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. I know. Down on the three. I'm, I, okay. But I got to tell you, you ask my wife, uh, what do I want for Christmas every year? it has to be Nike. And so the fact that they're sponsored by Nike, um, they look so clean. The three on the front, I know I was down on it, but I got to tell you just the blue, the swoosh, it won me over. So they're nice. Anything else about Chelsea? I think Ted Lasso is going to be coaching their team next year, but other than that, who knows? Yeah. Lampard, uh, yeah, there's some questions on who's going to survive. We'll have to start looking at what what coaches may may not survive this thing much longer. But I mean, Lampard's got some history there, which will probably buy him some time. But you can't spend as much money as they did and have as much hype without and survive. Although I think Everton is proving that sometimes you can spend a ton of money and have it not work out one season and have it work out really well the next season. Cause that team's gelling. They look good. Obviously they should have lost, but, um, but Everton's top of table. And as much as I don't want to mention it, Aston Villa, um, three clean sheets. I think that's kind of where I want to start with them. Um, and the only team that they've allowed goals to are Liverpool. They allowed those two goals in that seven, two drubbing. So Whatever's happening there, um, they're they're looking good as much as I don't don't want to admit it. Um, week five. Week five. It's early. It's early, but you got to get the points when you can get them. You know, 40, 40 points is the magic number they say. Um, I don't know if you guys knew that, but forty points is kind of you're pretty safe from relegation zone if you can get to 40. And so when you're at 12 after four, four matches, um, that's good. And obviously that's, that's probably not fair to say to Aston Villa right now when they're like, we're not talking about relegation. We're talking about like being second in the league, but, but all that to say, like the points matter. And later on in the season, when you're fighting for maybe a seventh place or a European Europa spot, you want all those points. So, um, Kyle, give us, uh, your term of the week. Term of the week. I'm going to go with something called a wall pass. Wall pass. None of us knew what it was actually when you mentioned it in, in our, our, uh, pre recording talk. So we looked it up and we realized the wall pass in America is just known as a simple give and go. It does seem like the wall pass um, is maybe like a one touch, 
So it's more of like a, a one touch give and go. So maybe that's kind of the idea of the wall where if you kick a ball off a wall, it's just going to bounce directly off. So there's no like control by, by the, the second player, but essentially a give and go where it's just a one touch around, around a defender. So there it is. It. Wall pass. We all have. Yeah, at, first, at first thought it was, had something to do with when they set up the wall on a, free kick or penalty kick and I guess not on a penalty kick but on a free kick and I thought it had something to do with that but uh it's good to know like a give and go yeah yeah we've already mentioned uh one red card, red card. on Richarlison I don't know if you guys saw did you guys see the one on dunk um yeah. with Brighton against against Cahill yeah, what was he doing I don't know, but I think it was so weird. Well, I think that's some of, um, I think that's some of what we're talking about. Like when I'm watching, when I'm watching these, obviously Pickford's was egregious, which wasn't a red card, uh, ironically. Um, Rich Arlison's, you know, studs up. That's kind of like one way to really like, if the studs are up and you make contact with a player, you're going to get a red card. Um, But yeah, the one on dunk, again, it's like he's flailing around. But what I find what I find interesting is as as someone who worked soccer or football is not intuitive to me, like I don't respond intuitively to those. So I almost take my cue from the commentators who are saying, like you hear their reaction, like, what is he doing? Oh, that's surely a red card. And I'm like watching it. And I think I would guess it's a red card, but it's not. It's not intuitive. Maybe it's like a late hit in football where if I'm watching a foot, uh, American football match, I see a late hit. It's like, I'll react intuitively to it. But I think red cards are still something I'm learning to have an intuitive response to. Yeah, that makes sense. What, what percentage of red straight reds like that would you say are intentional um, versus they, they, we're trying to make a good play and happen to do it poorly. Mm. I think, I think probably a higher percentage than not. This is totally a guess based on the fact that these are like the greatest professionals in the world, right? Like Mm -hmm. these guys have the greatest body control. That's why yes, at high speed, you know, Pickford shouldn't make that play or maybe Richarlison or dunk, whoever we're talking about here, but these guys who have spent, you know, their entire lives playing the game. And I think, I think most of the time there's a level of intentionality there, right? Whether it's just coming in aggressive on something and being a little lazy, um, you know, I, again, it's like, is it malicious, malicious intention? I think that's a little different, you know, Mm -hmm. That's, that's just like, that's Anthony Martial, right? It wasn't, it wasn't hard. Like he didn't smack him hard, but it was clearly like malicious and he just got caught, you know, some of the studs up tackles um, that's maybe lazy or frustration that's built up. Right. So I think it's, you see the same thing in American football or, you know, basketball, maybe you stick your leg out to trip a guy or whatever it might be where it's like built up frustration. Um, but maybe uh kyle i don't know if you know this because i didn't know this when we were recording season one 
uh, on a red card, not only is that player sent off for the, re the remainder of the match, but they are banned for the next three matches the teams play in the EPL. So <clears throat> when I first thought red card, I was like, ah, he's okay. So, you know, a guy who gets a red card at the 90 minute mark, well, whatever, he's missing four minutes. And then you find out, oh, no, he's gone for the next three matches too. That's for a that's straight, that's for a straight red. Yeah, straight red. If you get two yellows, I think you just missed one match. Yeah. That's like, I mean, that's significant. Yeah. That's, that's big, big deal. Yeah. And it's only confined within whatever competition you're in. So if, mm. if it's Premier League, he just misses those matches. But if they have a Carabao Cup match or a FA Cup or Europa, he can play in those. Um, so they carry with you through within a certain competition. Is there currently a quote unquote Rashid Wallace of the English <laughs> Premier League? And so if anyone doesn't know, Rashid Wallace was famous for getting, you know, they, they play 82 basketball games. I think he set a record one time and got like 40 something technical fouls, which is just mind blowing. Uh, is there anyone who I should watch out for that just could go off at any minute? Gosh, I wish I knew the answer to this. Chris, do you? I don't think there's like a Rashid Wallace of red cards, but they implemented what I would call Rashid Wallace rules. Okay. Like that year where Rashid Wallace was just racking up the technicals. And then the next year they're like, okay, if you get 13, you're suspended for a game. Yeah. So Nate, help me out here. But if you get a certain amount of yellows, yes. you're suspended. And I think if you get a certain amount of reds, you get a suspension as well. I don't know the red card rule. Red, well, yellow, I think it's five yellows. I think it's five hmm. yellows. You miss a match. Hmm. Well, if, you get, if you get 10 reds in a season, you're out 30 games right <laughs> So, Oh, man. I want to know, though. So if someone if someone knows who the Rashid Wallace, this has got to be an American fa uh, sports fan. If someone knows who the Rashid Wallace of, of the Premier League is, uh, at us at football neophyte and let now, us know coming in at when i was you know new to this i think a year ago wouldn't son have been the rashid wallace because he had just come back from his red card suspension when he broke the dude's leg and got another red card and it ended up getting overturned to a yellow but when I first started following, he would have been the Rashid Wallace. He's too nice. But yeah, he seems to be someone who maybe lets his emotions get to him. But He's so aggressive on the pitch. He's amazing. Let me just would, throw that out there. I love sure. Son. I love Son too, but I just can't, I can't even ever imagine Son being equated. This may be the first time Son's ever been compared to Rashid Wallace <laughs> in his life. But by all accounts, Rashid Wallace is like an awesome guy off the court. Yeah. True. Jailblazers. Um, hair watch i don't know if you guys saw anyone i just want to give a shout out to yeri mina for everton he just had some nice lines his hair looked really really tight that was the only hair good or bad that stuck out this weekend but i didn't again like i said i didn't get to watch as much as as a typical weekend yeah, I got. I didn't have anything. I saw. Um, I'm excited for one. Alex Tellis, the new uh, center back at Manchester United, has a very nice man bun, and uh, he hasn't played yet. He just got there. I, I'm excited to see what it looks like on the pitch. There you go. All right. Um, we already talked a little bit about 
about Christian Pulisic, but for our American watch, um, both both Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson played. They played in the early match this morning. I didn't see it. They didn't seem to pop up in any highlights, but let's just say this. They only allowed one goal. So that means it couldn't have been all bad for Tim Ream. Although um, the one goal they allowed against Wolves was partially his fault. So um, I did see that goal and it didn't seem to be, um, didn't seem to be his fault. Either of you guys catch, catch anything special about those guys? No, but it does lead us right into my amazing powers for Lock It In, because I told you guys two weeks ago, we're just doing this to test out how far my reach is. And Fulham got a point this week because I picked them as my Lock It In loser. So my streak continues, boys. I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's let's get this going. You're good. Hey, yeah, you also... Um fans should start betting against Chris's lock of the week. Um, you can also tweet him if your team's on a, um, a losing streak, ask him to pick your team, whatever you want. Um, but yeah, we all, we went over three this weekend. <laughs> Good job guys. But ironically they were all draws. So it wasn't, that's Chris likes to give those yellows, but we, we count those as losses here, but they were all draws. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a tough week to pick anyways going into it. So it proved, proved correct. Um, but I picked Crystal Palace over Brighton. Nope. Sheffield over Fulham. Nope. And Kyle had Chelsea over Southampton and that was a big note too. So. Well, Let's look. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm, I'm trying to like dive into this as deep as I can. I think, my lock it in for this week is really going to push the limits. This will even, push the limits. Even Sheffield over Fulham. Sheffield's at the bottom of the table with Fulham. It was two bad teams playing each other. Okay, so Fulham squeaked out the point. We could just chalk it up as two bad teams playing, flip a coin. This week, I'm taking Liverpool over Sheffield United. Um, we are really going to see how how the powers are because there's no reason for, for Liverpool to – draw or lose to Sheffield United under any circumstances, even if Salah, Mane, Virgil van Dyke alter their ACLs in practice this week, they're still a better team just all around without those guys. I mean, there's no reason for Liverpool to lose or draw. It's true. I, I picked the same one. I mean, I think as you look, as you look at the fixtures for this upcoming week, um, it's pretty lob it's pretty lopsided for most of the match or like pretty even for most of the matches maybe harder to tell but um i feel like that liverpool sheffield liverpool at anfield so they're at home um which again we've talked about that a little bit already whether that adds as much of a advantage without fans but um i'm also taking liverpool over sheffield united So last week, or so I guess you guys know that I like to take pick against Fulham, um, but last week they had the Chris Stank on it, so I I had to go somewhere else. Um, but this week I'm going back, and I'm picking Crystal Palace over Fulham again. Um, lock it in. All right, we will, we will. Now we might have to play this week with an asterisk because 
Nate, you picking the game with me kind of throws out the imbalance. So. That's true. I didn't consider that. I, sh- I should have, we should have left it alone and left mm. it. So that's true, but we'll, we'll, see. we'll see how strong your powers are. Yes. Um, interesting match week uh, coming up. Obviously this match week isn't quite finished. We have two matches tomorrow, West Brom and Burnley. Burnley's the only team without a point so far this year. Um, Chris and I have a big soft spot for Burnley. So we, I'd love to see, and they're playing West Brom. So uh, would definitely love to see Burnley get some points. And then Burnley, what's that? Get your three Burnley. Get your three Burnley. And then Wolves leads tomorrow, which was one of our matches to watch uh, for, for this match week. Obviously Leeds has played well so far coming up. Wolves have not played consistently. We'll say we'll give that as a, the most positive uh, we can say about them. So I think that should be an interesting match, but then going into the, the next mass match week, um, my my match of the week is actually Aston Villa Leeds. I just I wish I would have been able to see Leeds uh, this week already to be able to have a little better idea of of how how good they are. But um, you know I think Leeds is an exciting team. They they score and Aston Villa has proved their defense has proven to be be really good. So I'm really interested to watch that. That's a Friday match. So even the scheduling this this week's odd that that Leeds would play on Monday and then have to turn around again and play on Friday. Um, so we're seeing some of the the COVID weird weird uh, fixtures, but that's that's my match of the week. Very nice, very nice. Um, mine is obviously going to be Manchester United versus Chelsea. Um, seems to be like. You know, obviously, it's two top two uh, big six clubs facing each other. Um, I have no idea what to expect out of Man United. Still, um, Chelsea looked awesome for the first half this week, and then ended up drawing with Southampton. So, um, interesting matchup there. I will say, not EPL related. The Champions League kicks off this week, um, mm. so Manchester United plays PSG on Tuesday, which is a huge match. Ooh. I didn't know that was this week already. Yeah, it's on Tuesday. Dang, so PSG we, Man U. That is a huge yeah. match. So we've got some really fun stuff this almost this whole week because I'm super excited for Leeds Wolves tomorrow. I'm super excited for Man U um, PSG on Tuesday. And then, uh, you know, you got, like you said, the Aston Villa and Leeds on Friday, Chelsea Man U on Saturday. Like there's so many good soccer matches this week. Yeah, Kyle, just I don't, you probably don't know anything about French soccer, but um, – PSG, Paris Saint Germain, um, in the anglicized way of saying it, um, they have they're one of the best teams in the world. Um, they have arguably the best young youngest player, Kylian Mbappe. Um, he's just a stud. They've just got a stack. They've got a stacked team. So if there's a way for you to watch that Man Man U PSG game on Tuesday again. I guess tangentially related to the Premier League, but you would see a fun, a fun young team. Um, and also, Kyle, PSG is going to be your favorite kits you might ever see. Dude, they are, yeah, they are, they are hardcore sponsored. They're not Nike. No, nope. Jordan brand. In fact, um, 
Jordan brand just released a Jordan 4 PSG on Saturday. That is a totally sick shoe that I really want. Dude. It's intriguing. They do have sweet kits. Like PSG is a, is a really fun team to watch. If we were were following the French league, they would be my choice. Like without even thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. There's yeah. They're great. Kyle, what, what match are you going to watch this week? Yeah. Well, you can tell we didn't talk about this because I actually had selected Aston Villa versus Leeds as well. Um, So yeah, I'm glad that you're excited about it. Uh, I'll be traveling this weekend, actually coming out to Arizona to officiate a wedding. So maybe I'll get to see your beautiful faces and uh, maybe we can even watch that one on Friday together. Dude, I'd love that. Let's do it. All right, gentlemen. Well, that was a tidy, tidy episode. Just blasted right through it. Um, excited for this week. Wolves, I got my my um, kit from Chris. I don't know if there's any like potential for you to get in trouble, so I won't say how we got the kit, but I got my full, my full kit, um, Adame Traore, Wolves third kit from last season, the nice Mexico green one. I'm not going to wear the shorts tomorrow, uh, but I will, I will wear the top um, to represent. You got you, you to do some curls before you wear that bad boy. Dude, I know. I keep looking down. I did wear the shorts to work out uh, in the other day, and I keep looking at my leg with the 37 on there, and I just expect my legs to be way bigger than they are. <laughs> That's, that's better than I actually have two of the menu kits from my special services that I have. And uh, the one I got last year was an Aaron Wambasaka kit and the shorts. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a small guy. I'm, I'm an extra large for sure. And the shorts that they sent feel like a kid's extra large. They are so short and there's so much thigh hanging out. The new kid that came this week with Bruno, it's much better, much more fitting. But last year's was hilarious. Hey, when when does the international transfer or the non-English transfer window close? Is that this week too? I have no idea. Because the these rumors about Bruno leaving, but I think they're for January. Oh, for the January transfer window. Okay, yeah, I, think, I think that transfer window is closed. I think they okay. all closed at the same time when the EPL did. I think they're talking about the January transfer window when it opens back up. A lot of rumors that Bruno's not happy at Man U or he doesn't think he's being used in the best way. Um, I uh, I tweeted out to Nate that if Man U transfers Bruno away. I'm done. I will reopen my fandom and I will reassess the entire EPL and pick a different team to watch. Because if you're transferring the best player on your team, instead of fixing your coaching problems and your defensive problems and your goalie problems, I want nothing to do with you any longer. Dang dude. Well, that's, that's something for us to keep in mind. That's, that adds a whole nother level of intrigue this, this week. So gentlemen, have a good night, Chris. Good night. Good night guys. Blazers out. Kyle. Literally, Glazers, get out. (laughs) Peace. See you, boys.